It's 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number, 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Now, I want to, if you didn't tune in in the early segment, the case in New Mexico with what appeared to be a terrorist training ground where people were training kids to be school shooters. The judge there has thrown out three defendants, um, two of them, one of them being the father of, of the little boy who was killed out there or found dead. He's still charged. Three of the five, though, have been their cases dismissed. This is not about the judge being a liberal or anything like that. This is about the prosecutors failing to comply with a law that requires them to show probable cause and evidentiary hearing within 10 days uh, of the judge ordering it. And they didn't show up. And the judge has no discretion with this law. The prosecutors failed to show up to show they actually had a case, and so the judge had to throw this out. Now, that doesn't mean those people cannot be recharged. What it does mean is that the prosecutors are going to have to go to a grand jury. And it, it does make you—so I've got a—this again, I, and I don't want to sound like a broken record here, and I'm trying to be real careful because— I, I tend to offend people when I say this, and I really don't mean to offend anybody. But we all get our news typically from what? TV and newspapers. In fact, we tend these days to get our news more from TV, from Fox, from MSNBC, and from CNN than we do from newspapers. CNN, MSNBC, and Fox tend to get their news from the New York Times and the Washington Post. And in fact, Fox, CNN, and MSNBC more and more have shoved reporters aside in favor of talking head panels where they yap at each other. So I'm, I'm starting to wonder, we're getting our news from news networks that do less news and we're hearing it more from partisan talking heads combating each other. So do we actually know the facts of what happened in New Mexico or have we listened to talking heads on talk radio and TV and, and newspaper opinion columns? And do we actually know what's going on out there? Because it seems to me it's a pretty big deal if this is a terrorist training ground and a really big deal if we've got a terrorist training ground and, and the prosecutors failed to show up at the evidentiary hearing within 10 days as the law requires to show the evidence that they have. That's a really big deal. So it, it, it makes me more and more skeptical of, do we know the facts or was the story thrown out there in the most salacious way possible? And we all bought into it and, and said, oh, this must be true. And whether it's it's the Trump-Russia situation or the Hillary Clinton email server or this, how many of us are being played by the networks with the most salacious spin on things without us actually knowing all of the facts. We presume we know the facts because we presume our favorite TV network is telling us all the facts. And yet we run into something like this where the prosecutors didn't even show up for the evidentiary hearing of a story that should be a huge story. Should make at least question, do we really know everything that we're supposed to know? Now, I mean, for, for example, so there's another story out right now. Um, the Washington Post says that the Trump administration is deporting a bunch of American citizens along the border, that they're all Hispanic in origin, but they are 
American citizens. And I just, I look at this, in fact, Charlie put it in um, in a note to me to make sure I saw the story. Headline, U.S. is denying passports to Americans along the border, throwing their citizenship into question. In some cases, residents of South Texas have been entered into deportation proceedings. Well, so I'm seeing the story circulating. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. What's going on? Well, it turns out, according to the Trump administration, that this isn't some random purge of Hispanic American citizens along the South Texas border. It is people with forged birth certificates who claim to be American citizens were able to get passports processed or were in the process of trying to get passports processed when it turns out that their birth certificates were forgeries all coming from the same forger. There's your story. So it just, it makes me wonder these days how many, uh, whether it's Fox or MSNBC or CNN, how many stories are packaged salaciously to ensure that they get our attention? And if we knew the actual facts as they actually are, we we would be thinking, well, this is a nothing burger of a story. I mean, I, I gotta, I, I gotta imagine that there's just, there's a, there's a story here with the shooting camp in New Mexico. I mean, it, it seems like it's a really big deal. I'm, I'm trying to just say big deal, but there's an extra word between big and deal that I really want to say for this. And I won't because I'd get in real big trouble, but nonetheless, it just, you've, you've got prosecutors who find five adults, 11 malnourished children, the corpse of a dead child who'd gone missing in Georgia, and federal agents say there was evidence the children were being trained to carry out a school shooting. The judge allowed the defendants to go free basically on their own recognizance. That should have been a big red flag here. This judge was not some flaming liberal and she let them go. And now the judge has dismissed child abuse charges against three of them because the prosecutors didn't show up for their hearing that they're required to by law to show up to. I just so I all I'm saying here is I I really do think it is my job these days, and not just to keep you company, keep you entertained on your way home. But to try to sort through the BS in the news, because I, I think we are all being played for ratings by a lot of a lot of the major media outlets out there who have decided that they can drum up these these stories, make them as salacious as possible, uh, exaggerate key details and downplay other details to try to keep us engaged and coming back for more and finding out. And then when it turns out the story doesn't pan out, we're, we're thinking conspiracy or something. Um, it just there there just seems to be something going on here, particularly with this story that I've been fascinated by that the media hasn't covered when it has covered. The details have been amazing. And yet the judge keeps behaving in a way that you either think the judge is really incompetent, which could be the judge could be incompetent or that there are details we're not actually getting from press reports. And that the judge had to dismiss the charges today, begrudgingly, by the way, the judge did not want to do this and made it very clear from court today that the judge did not want to do this. Um, seems like there's something going on here with the way the prosecutors spun this to the media to begin with. Now, when we come back, there is data out there that you do need to hear. 
involving the elections. We had the Arizona, Oklahoma, and Florida primaries last night. Uh, Ron DeSantis has stepped in it today. It's a nonsensical attack on him. We'll get into that. But, but there's turnout data that the media seems to be downplaying because the media has this blue wave narrative. Wait until I tell you what the data is and you can judge for yourself what the wave is. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Now, uh, Dick Sporting Goods uh, is having some sales challenges. They're, they're on hard times, and they're saying that part of the problem is because Under Armour can now be purchased at Kohl's and Target and the like, um, that uh, they're not really worried about the guns and stuff. But yeah, I got to tell you, this reminds me of when Target store sales were down and they came up with lots of excuses for why it was down. And everyone really knew that the reason the Target sales were down is because they came out very vocally and said that they were going to allow men to use women's bathrooms. And people freaked out justifiably about it, uh, not just because they were going to allow men to use the women's restroom, but because they were deeply condescending toward people who thought it was a bad idea. Um, Dix has become a very anti-Second Amendment store. Uh, Dix has hired anti-Second Amendment lobbyists. Dix has um, been rather condescending to gun owners, uh, treated gun owners badly, I think. Uh, and I know a lot. I mean, I know a significant number of people who don't go there anymore. Uh, my wife is one of them, and she is one of many people I know who just will not shop there at all for any reason, even if it's the only place she can get something. She just won't do it. She feels very disrespected by the company. Uh, and I know a lot of people like that. And so they can say that it's it's Under Armour's fault or something else, but I think there's another reason people just don't want to talk about in this case. Again, what do we know from the news and what is actually going on? Those are not necessarily the same thing. It's 40 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Let's go to the phones. Jeremy and Alpharetta, you're going to be up first tonight. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, just out of curiosity, I've heard you talk about the guys and the women, uh, the charges being dropped in Mexico. Nobody I get have I heard on the news or radio talk about any concern of the children growing up and potentially commit these crimes that they were brainwashed and trained to do. Yeah, and you know, as a matter of fact, I, I, I saw you wanted to ask this question while we were in the break, and I looked at There is nothing out there on that. Uh, and the only thing I can think is that because they were all so young, uh, federal privacy laws and media standards would prevent them from covering that. But yeah, it seems there's just, uh, there's something about this story, particularly the way it's panned out in court, that just raises my spidey sense that there's a, a lot that is not as it seems. But we do have a dead child, and that guy, the father of that child, is still in jail. And I suspect even from that trial, we're going to learn more about what was going on there. It's just the, the whole thing is weird, how it's how it's been handled. Um, by the way, on the Dix story, uh, Dix is having sales challenges. It's blaming Under Armour, saying essentially Under Armour is now available in more places than, than Dix, so... That's what's hurt their sales, and they call their guns a low-margin business. My buddy Fred direct messaged me on Twitter, and he said, low-margin business. Have you ever tried to buy a gun from Dick's? 
Um, their profit, mar- their markup on guns was astronomical. Uh, if they, if their gun business was really the low margin business they claim, they suck at business. Um, it, it, they really do, and you just you can't believe this stuff. But you know, this gets into the story about the Catholic Church. Yes, I, I'm going to tie Dick Sporting Goods to the Catholic Church. I am a professional. I can do this. You know, the media spin now is that uh, conservatives pounce. Conservatives pounce against the Pope. This is all about um, hating on the gays. And you had a, a a cardinal come out and say, Pope Francis has bigger fish to fry than dealing with this nonsense. He's got to work on global warming and immigration, which is just laughable. You're talking about a child abuse scandal. And a cardinal comes out and says, eh, he, he's, he's not worried about this. He's got to worry about global warming and immigration. And by the way, everybody does. I mean, that literally this cardinal from, from California, he actually says that, oh, all, every institution has, a, has this sort of problem. And you know, the media's response to that was, okay. I mean, that really, I, I'm, I wish I am, you know, there are days I want to do this show after midnight because... There's sometimes language for emphasis that should be used that you can't use at this time of day. Yeah, but I mean, are you kidding me? That, that, I mean, the media response really is conservatives pounce. Not, hey, ambassador to the United States from the Vatican outlines a list of kid touchers and people who covered it up and says the Pope knew about it. No, no, no. It's conservatives pounce. And yes, he does have to worry about global warming, not child abuse. The whole thing is ridiculous. But I mean, the the this you see this the the way the media wants to cover these things with left wing um, shibboleths every time the the Target story when its sales declined, it was because people stopped going there because they didn't want to take their kids there because they want their kids to get abused in the bathroom. Or the the Dick Sporting Goods, the, the sales are down because so many Americans decided to stop going to a store that clearly hated their customer base. But conservatives pounce. Really just is. Well, you know, it, it would be infuriating if it wasn't so predictable. Um, you, you got to laugh at this stuff because it really is predictable. The media can complain about the president attacking them all day long, and they're their own worst enemy. Two readers suggest it was bad form for me to tie the Catholic Church story to the Dick's Sporting Goods story. Just names exclusively. I apologize. I guess I should have thought of that. (laughs) My goodness. Oh, the sensitivities of some people. But no, seriously. You guys know what I'm talking about. The media spit on these stories. That pay no attention to the facts Pay attention to the comfortable spin. Pay attention to the comfortable details. Now, this all gets to the way the media is covering the primaries. I told you there is turnout model data out there, and the turnout model data shows that in Arizona and in Florida, two states that are going to be highly contested in November, much like you saw in Georgia, by the way, in May in the primary here, Republican turnout exceeded Democratic turnout by comfortable margins. Let me say that again. Republican turnout exceeded Democratic turnout by comfortable margins. If you listen to the media, the media tells you it's game over. Democrats are far more energized than Republicans in Georgia, in Arizona, in Florida and other states. And that's not what happened yesterday. The Republican primary 
overwhelmed the Democratic primary in Arizona and in Florida, just like it did in Georgia. But the media would have you pay no attention to that. Now, what we can say for sure is that turnout in the 2018 primaries is going to be well in excess of what it was in the last midterm elections in 2014. And Democrats are highly mobilized. The problem is that the media narrative has been that nationwide the Democrats are more mobilized. And what we're seeing is that in Democratic areas, Democrats are more mobilized. But in Republican areas, Republicans are as mobilized or more mobilized. Now, that will help the Democrats in certain swing areas, even here in Georgia, like the 7th Congressional District. But statewide... It might not help them in these states, and that's going to be bad for them in places like Missouri, Florida, West Virginia, Indiana, Montana, and North Dakota, where you've got Democratic senators in states Donald Trump won, and it looks like Republicans actually turn out to be very fired up. So you can't always trust that media narrative. It is 55 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, so John McCain's funeral will be Saturday. I, I, I was very critical of the president not uh, ordering the flags at half staff until pressured into it. It, it should have been done. Um, I also think it is bad form for Sarah Palin to not be on the guest list. For John McCain's funeral, um, the senator himself apparently set the guest list and she is not on it. And he wanted President Obama and President Bush to be there and show bipartisan comedy and stuff. But, you know, Sarah Palin, uh, even though they clearly disagreed on issues, has over the years been very loyal to John McCain uh, publicly and privately, even when they disagreed. And I think that she should have been there. And I think that just as the president refusing to lower the flag caused um, unneeded uh, and prolonged media hand-wringing, this allows the same thing to be a distraction. Uh, I do appreciate that John McCain has invited a Russian dissident to be one of his pallbearers uh, to highlight uh, the ongoing persecution of people who disagree with Vladimir Putin. I think that was good. Warren Beatty, I did not know Warren Beatty is a, is a personal friend of John McCain's, will be uh, one of the pallbearers, along with Joe Biden and Russ Feingold, who helped John McCain with campaign finance reform back in the day. Um, now, when we come back, there is a new hit job out on Brett Kavanaugh. This one, well, the Democrats think it, it may do him in. And Brian Kemp, is saying he will veto uh, religious liberty legislation uh, after having said he'll sign it. What's the deal? I will tell you when we come back. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. And I looked at the radar again. I thought we were all clear, but nope. The Swanee Sugar Hill area, you got some rain and we've got some lightning. Lightning has just popped up on the radar. In 
the North Druid Hills area, North Atlanta, Chambly, and then on the west side of the connector, north of I-20, you got rain there, the Howell Mill Road area, north side drive area, uh, Highway 41, that area. East Point, you've got lightning and rain. Hateville, College Park, down by the airport, you've got rain right over I-85, 285 on the south side, you've got rain and then sprinkles in the Forest Park area, the Jonesboro area, all this stuff firing up this evening. Uh, and it too is, all of it's kind of moving to the west-northwest. Uh, so uh, weirdly, you're going to get rain coming from Atlanta to you, Mableton, and Vinings here in just a little bit. Now, let us move on to Brian Kemp, who has said he will veto religious liberty legislation. And people are like, huh? Well... You know, he's being consistent here. One of the really frustrating things, I, I am a huge advocate of RIFRA in the state of Georgia, uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It was signed by Bill Clinton, uh, Ted Kennedy, Chuck Schumer. They all supported it back in the day. Nancy Pelosi supported it back in the day, Republicans and Democrats alike. And they all, Democrats supported it until Christians were able to use it. But w w once Christians could use it and not just the Wiccans, uh, well, then it became problematic for the Democrats to support. But nonetheless, Georgia was one of the states that do not does not have RIFRA. Uh, 33 states have it in some form, including California, of all things. Georgia never passed it in the 90s. The Supreme Court held it only applied at the federal level, not the state level that states would have to pass their own. And Georgia was one of the ones that decided that it would not pass RIFRA. The Democrats in Georgia did, not because they were hostile to religion, but because Democrats at the time in the 90s in Georgia decided that it wasn't needed in a place like Georgia. So they never bothered with it. Now, I need to explain to you what RIFRA does. Because... There are, uh, there's a lot of, of muddying of water, particularly by gay rights activists, to spook people about RIFRA. RIFRA actually does not apply between the Christian baker and the gay rights activist who wants marriage. Where RIFRA applies is between the Christian business and the government that wants the business to pay for abortion. It's really an abortion it protects would protect more about covering services for employees than it would a, a contractual relationship between two parties. See, here's the thing. What does the First Amendment have? The First Amendment has five rights. The free exercise of religion, the freedom from religion, the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, and the right to assemble. The Supreme Court has over the years decided on three levels of scrutiny to give to various rights and classes of people. And the, the strictest one is called, interestingly enough, strict scrutiny. And what that means is when a fundamental constitutional right is infringed, particularly one in the Bill of Rights, the government needs to have a compelling governmental interest in order to do it. The law must be narrowly tailored to achieve the governmental interest. And it must be through the least restrictive means possible. What that amounts to in the real world is that it is virtually impossible to pass a law that infringes on one of the fundamental rights in the Bill of Rights. 
that there hasn't been a law to my knowledge. Maybe there has been one or two um, laws that have passed that have been upheld under strict scrutiny. By and large, um, for a normal law, you only need a rational basis. You only need a rational basis to pass the law. When it comes to violating or restricting a first amendment or restrict a right under the Bill of Rights, you need to have a compelling governmental interest with a narrowly tailored law through the least uh, restrictive means possible. And there's never been a law the Supreme Court has found met that standard. So uh, there's a catch. You got, again, five rights under the First Amendment. The right to exercise your religion, the freedom from having religion imposed upon you, the right to free speech, the right to the free press, and the right to freely assemble. The Supreme Court has said that strict scrutiny applies to the right to assemble, the right to press, the right to speech, and the right to be free of religion. The Supreme Court has said that the freedom to exercise religion is not a strict scrutiny right. It is not a right that requires a governmental interest, a compelling governmental interest to restrict. The government can restrict the free exercise clause of the First Amendment with a looser standard than any of the other parts of the First Amendment. Well, Congress said this is stupid. These are all in the First Amendment, so they should all be held to the same strict scrutiny standard. So Congress passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which says that in order to restrict someone's religion, a governmental passed law must be based on a compelling governmental interest. It must be narrowly tailored, and it must be through the least restrictive means possible. So it only applies to government laws and regulations, and it requires that there be a compelling governmental interest narrowly tailored through the least restrictive means possible. This is why the Hobby Lobby case was successful. The Hobby Lobby case um, where and the Little Sisters of the Poor case where the Supreme Court found that the government couldn't force Christian small businesses to pay for abortions didn't find that under the First Amendment. It found it under RIFRA. And without RIFRA, these organizations would have been forced to pay for abortions. So what people in Georgia have now said is as these cases are more and more starting to come up and they worry about aggressive liberalism, particularly at the local level, it's not the state, it's Athens or, or Fulton County or Atlanta uh, doing things to, to Christian small businesses and, and faith-based nonprofits and whatnot, forcing them to comply with things like having uh, transgender bathrooms and whatnot. People are starting to say, hey, we need RIFRA in the state. This isn't going to impact the, the, the gay couple that wants the Christian baker to force them to bake the cake. Uh, it is going to apply to the government, though, imposing burdens on religious organizations. And Brian Kemp has said he would sign federal RIFRA. He would sign a state law that mirrors federal RIFRA. Well, here's a problem. A lot of activists in the state have said we want RIFRA, but we want RIFRA and we want RIFRA and we want provisions that would protect the Christian baker. My position has always been we need RIFRA and we need a separate piece of legislation. We need RIFRA and we need a separate piece of legislation that protects uh, faith-based adoption agencies. We need RIFRA and we need legislation that protects the faith-based uh, baker and photographer and florist from being harassed by activists. But we need RIFRA. And Brian Kemp has said, if you, if the legislature will pass the federal language, he will sign it into law. Nathan Deal said that, and then Nathan Deal kind of 
waffled. Uh, but to be fair, a lot of activists in the state were pushing RIFRA with additional language. So Kemp is actually being consistent here. It is not the flip-flop that some people are saying today. It is what he has campaigned on all along. It is what there are several gay rights activists in this state who have now said, you know what? We can live with this. We can live with having federal RIFRA at the state level. Let's let's finish this and move on. We're tired of having this fight every year. And, and I think that's an acceptable compromise. It is not what I want but it is what I would accept. And I think he's striking the right balance here. Uh, and there are so many people who want to play gotcha games that they're kind of misrepresenting uh, what Kemp's position actually is and what it has always been. And he's not waffling from his position. It is entirely consistent and it's one conservative should support. We need RIFRA. He will sign RIFRA if the legislature will pass RIFRA. Now the question is, Will the legislature actually do it? And will the governor, Kemp, bring pressure to bear? Well, unlike Nathan Deal, I think that Kemp would bring pressure to bear to get this passed, get it done quickly, and get it over and done with, and move on to other things. Republicans in this state in the past have handled this so badly where they've dragged their feet and allowed massive opposition to mount over a period of weeks, uh, bullying everyone uh, against this. I, I think it's time to actually get this done pass it, get it done quickly, and move on to other things. And just stand up and say, you know, this was good for Bill Clinton. It was good for Chuck Schumer. It was good for Nancy Pelosi. It should be good for us here in Georgia. All it is is the federal language. If you don't like it, complain to Congress. They've got this law too, as do 33 other states. If you are in the Decula area, you got a thunderstorm. Uh, it's slightly north of Decula, um, headed over the interstate. Man, you can start to tell that the evenings are getting shorter now. It's kind of depressing knowing that it's uh, the summer is over, the kids are back in school, and, well, at least the cool weather is coming. Y'all, conservatives have been saying for a while that progressive activists are trying to conform, bend science to their will, uh, largely through suppression of facts. And there's a, a brilliant story that highlights this at a Brown University. A Brown University study examine why there has been a sudden spike in transgenderism among high school students in the last decade in the United Kingdom, in France, in Germany, in the United States, in Canada, and a number of other Western countries. In the last decade, the number of teenagers who claim to be transgender has doubled in some cases. In a few countries, it's tripled. And so this was a massive scientific study to figure out why. And the conclusion was that it is in some way a coping mechanism as some kids turn to drugs and some to alcohol and some to cigarettes. Some turn to transgenderism as a coping mechanism to confront life's challenges, bullying, whatnot. Uh, and you can see that, that you keep being bullied, you're you're called a, whatever, you, you want to change your gender and well, they've had to yank the study because transgender activists were offended by it. All righty. Now, all that being said, let's move on to other topics. Now, I want to spend just another moment on this Brown University study. I mentioned very briefly uh, bad clock management there on my part. So uh, professors at Brown University did a study on the rise of teenage transgenderism. You're hearing way more about this these days. And they want to see, is it just uh, because of awareness 
that teens are essentially self-diagnosing themselves and deciding, hey, this this explains me, or, or is it something else? And the study, uh, no one is disputing the caliber of the study or the caliber of the people who did the study. And what the study found is that a lot of teenagers are using transgenderism as a coping mechanism. Uh, boys getting bullied in high school, um, deciding, well, I must really be a girl. They must be right. Um, girls getting bullied for being too butch. Um, the Well, I, I must really be a, a boy, and so I'm transgender. And th- they found this. The data was very compelling. It was released in a peer-reviewed scientific journal, and trans activists went insane. I mean, literally demanding that the people who participated be fired, the professors and researchers be fired, the publication needed to apologize. So Brown wound up retracting the study and apologizing to the community. Not because the scientific research is in question, but because they cast doubt and shame on the transgender community. Folks, conservatives have been saying for a while that left-wing activists have engaged in this tactic where they badger and bully the scientific community into only studying things a certain way. And then once they have them only studying a certain way, they say, see, the science says, the science says, but the science doesn't necessarily say it's just they have censored, bullied, and, and silenced anyone who would say otherwise. We see this also in the global warming crowd and, and climate change studies, where anything that that flouts scientific consensus is deemed heresy. It, it really is a religious movement where science must conform to the religion. It, it's, it's worse than anything Christians have ever done in the history of Christianity engaging with science. And I realize that there are some of you screaming Galileo at the radio, and even there, left-wing activists have over the years completely changed what actually happened there to to make it way worse than it actually was. It wasn't good, but it wasn't nearly as bad as people these days believe because they have even bullied historians into changing it to make the church look worse than it deserved for, for what happened there. Time and time again, you see this, though, where there's bullying to silent scientists and force them to conform conform to certain ways. It's really disappointing. Well, we're seeing the herd mentality in other things as well. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the Florida Republican nominee for governor, uh, he was uh, Donald Trump's choice. Donald Trump's choice. He was on Fox News this morning, and he used the phrase, uh, you you can't monkey it up by uh, turning Florida down a socialist path. Now, it turns out the Democratic nominee in Florida is black, the first black man ever nominated by a party in Florida to be governor, and immediately people screamed that DeSantis was racist. I, I don't know him well, but I know Ron DeSantis. He's not a racist. He should not have used the phrase, not because it's not a phrase you can't use, but because he should have known the left media was waiting to, as the as they would say about us, pounce. They wanted to pounce on anyone. They've been waiting to scream racism. And he provided them the opportunity the day after the nomination, he provided them the opportunity to, to pounce. Disappointing um, that they would. He, he's being maligned. He shouldn't have said it. 
but there was nothing racist in his intent. I don't believe. I don't know his heart, but I, I, I know him enough to know. I, I don't think the man's racist. He just said he couldn't say the, the well, the the inappropriate word he wanted to say. So he said, don't monkey it up. Don't, instead of muck it up, monkey it up. Um, and people are, oh, you know, you know, I've got a, a friend of mine, a, 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 who is black, who said she thinks that the actual racists are the ones who, when they hear someone reference monkey, immediately think must be talking about black people. Um, that was her point, And I see her point. Uh, he did not mean it to be racist. He's not a racist. And this is the best they've got. And by the way, while they're screaming about him, it gives them a chance to avoid pointing out that the Democratic nominee for governor in Florida is under an FBI investigation. Basically, he's Florida's Kasim Reed, and the FBI is looking into him. In the five minutes that I've been talking, a new thunderstorm has fired up. Over 400 at Sandy Springs. You're talking the Perimeter Mall area, uh, the Dunwoody Sandy Springs area. The heaviest, heaviest part of it is right over Roswell Road. Um, and you got a lot of lightning up there, but right over 400 right now is very significant rain event, uh, just North of Sandy Springs, right outside the perimeter. And you've got rain now beginning to fall at SunTrust Park as well. Uh, you've also got, uh, more rain in the Decatur Druid Hills area and all over the connector. Now, um, the heaviest rain on the radar right now, though, is around the hateful East Point area, just North of the airport. Where was I? Before the radar. Oh, yeah, the the DeSantis stuff. I We're going to be putting up with this in, in Georgia. It is to Brian Kemp's immense credit that he is so good on the campaign trail, they have thus far failed to be able to call him racist. The reason they want to call these guys racist is because Donald Trump supported them, and they are desperate to build the narrative that all of these people are racist, even if it's not true. And Kemp's done a very good job of being able to dodge that so far. And I, I hope he will. Con I assume he will continue. But, you know, there are people in the national media desperate to build that narrative even about him. And it's all about Donald Trump. It has nothing to do about these candidates. They just have to attack them because these people were supported by Donald Trump. And the media narrative is that if Donald Trump endorsed you, you must be a racist. Even if it's not true, they don't care. Again, another reason so many people distrust the media. It is 54 after the hour. We've got an intensifying storm in the Decatur Druid Hills area uh, between Druid Hills and Decatur. Um, the heart of the storm, um, it is slightly north of downtown Decatur. It's starting to throw off lightning, very heavy rain. We've also got a lot of rain in the East Point area and the Hateful area north of the airport now, not necessarily impacting the airport uh, necessarily anymore. In the uh, SunTrust Stadium area, you've got light rain. But then heading up 400, uh, you've got some very, very heavy rain north of Sandy Springs. Um, in the Perimeter Mall area, there's a lot of lightning as well with the storm. The real strong stuff, though, over 985 and 85 at that split uh, and headed to the Mall of Georgia in the Brazelton area and the Hushton area, you've got storms. So make sure your headlights are on in those areas. Otherwise, the rest of you are clear, but we are seeing these storms. They look like, you know, when I started this show, everything was fairly clear except in the, the coming area. And we've got more storms that have popped up uh, in this evening. Um, eh, Y'all, before I get out of here, I got to comment again on this 
the media framing of what's happening in the Vatican. I am not a Catholic. I I grew up Southern Baptist, uh, still largely consider myself Baptist, but I've been going to a PCA Presbyterian Church for gosh twenty years now. So I'm I'm really I'm Presbyterian. Um, we can have a beer at Bible study, and I I. I I really think that Protestants need to pay attention to this because there are a lot of Protestant denominations that are having these problems, uh, even though they don't get the exposure of the Catholic Church. Uh, What I find amazing, though, is how the media is covering this not as a conspiracy to cover up rampant child abuse, and not just child abuse. You know, the predominant thing that was happening, we talk about the child abuse story uh, within the Catholic Church. You know what was predominantly most commonly happening is it was gay priests grooming teenage gay men and young seminarians in in the seminaries within the Catholic Church. I mean, we're we're talking 16- and 17-year-olds, not not 5- and 6-year-olds. And the media is blaming conservatives for exposing this, um, that it's conservatives trying to undermine the Pope, not that there is a problem. There clearly is a problem. And yet they do this time and time again with story after story. Conservatives bounce as opposed to people are doing something they shouldn't do. 